Hi, everybody. You're listening to the 63rd episode of Hipster Baseball Podcast, HBP. Happy Tuesday. We're recording this on February 22nd, 2022. 2-22-2022. It's a palindrome. A palindrome means it reads the same way forward and backwards. The word madam is a palindrome. M-A-M-M-A-D-A-M. Backwards, M-A-D-A-M. It's, uh, it really means nothing. I mean, it just, it really means the same as uh, zucchini is rising in the house of Saturn. But whatever. I'm Dorian. And on today's podcast, we watch the future in Miami. Ask, are you ready for some baseball? Monday night party. We got Rob Manford and Tony Clark. We're going to get it kickstarted. Advise you to get swollen through natural methods. We remember David Green and share the bounty of our wealth. But first, I'm going to share with you what's getting in my tummy, which is this delicious 24th Street. It's an English-style brown ale from a local brewing company called J. Wakefield Brewing in Miami, Florida. Normally, we don't think about Miami of with a lot of rich baseball history. The, Mar- the Florida Marlins, now the Miami Marlins, are relatively new, probably about 30 years ago that they started. But back in 1912, which I think was the Woodrow Wilson administration, the Miami Magicians were the first minor league team in the city's history. The Miami Magicians played in the East Florida State League until the early 1940s when the Second World War shut down all the, the minor league plays in Florida. So the Magic City is the nickname of Miami. That's so Miami's known as the Magic City. The City of Lights, Paris. The City of Angels, Los Angeles. The Gray City, Berlin. The City of Gold, Johannesburg in South Africa. I know you're asking me, Dorian, why is this turning into a geography trivia podcast? I thought we listened to this to talk about drinks, baseball, and other assorted nonsense. You're right. Okay, we're going to pull back. Jay Wake, this brewery, Jay Wakefield Brewery, is located in the Wynwood Design in the Wynwood Design District, in the Wynwood Arts District. The Design District is just north of Wynwood, and you're going to have to wait for me after I take this other drink. My advice to you is: after you're done looking at the Wynwood walls, having a beer at a local brewery, going to the beach to tan, wearing pastels to look like Sunny and Crockett, you should go to a college baseball game in Miami. There are two major schools in Miami called Florida International University, the Panthers, and the University of Miami, Hurricanes. Because if you're in Miami right now, there are no Major League Baseball games. The Miami Marlins are not playing, not even in spring training, because the owners locked out the players. My advice to you is go check out some of tomorrow's potential stars. The FIU, Florida National University Panthers baseball game start ticket. Their game day tickets start at $5. And some of FIU's alums who have played in Major League Baseball are Mike Lowell, Armis Garcia. Over at the University of Miami, their game day tickets start at $10 per ticket. Uh, It's tremendous value. Some of UM's Major League Baseball stars are guys like uh, Yasmani Grandal, Zach Miller. So I highly recommend, after you have a delicious beer at J J Wakefield Brewing, take an Uber, take your rental car. I don't know, take 10 buses with the amazing 
I'm being sarcastic, Miami public transportation system out to Westchester to see an FIU baseball game or a softball game. Let's not forget about the ladies or an FIU softball game or go down to Coral Gables to watch University of Miami Hurricane baseball game or a softball game. That's right, folks. So while you're walking around looking for the, the ticket stand at UM or FIU, you could also be following HBP on social media. Our Twitter handle is at HBP4040 and our Instagram account, Hipster Baseball Podcast. Doesn't get any, any easier than that. Go ahead, go ahead and give us a follow. Now this week, I sat back and I thought, you know who hasn't been on the podcast for a while? Miss Cleo, the most famous non-Jamaican in the world. I asked Miss Cleo, I asked her in this week's segment of Miss Cleo Time, aka Weekly Prediction, when in the world is Major League Baseball going to start? But before we answer that question, I want to point something out. The baseball season is scheduled to start on Thursday, the 31st of March, which is about five weeks away, give or take, depending on when you're listening to this. One thing I've always wondered and have been adamant about is, why doesn't Major League Baseball make opening day a spectacle? The National Football League, they do it perfectly. In the NFL, on season opening night, always on a Thursday in September, they have their program is whoever the defending Super Bowl champion they play at home and they host another team that was also good the previous year. It's the only game of the day. It's the only game of the night. They make it, it that type of, of, of event like atmosphere makes it a must see TV recording. You have to see it. It's a, it's a, it's a blockbuster ratings for television, for the NFL, for the, for the sponsors of the NFL. My question is, why can't Major League Baseball just copy that successful formula in Major League Baseball? Have the defending champion play at home one day before the rest of the league starts their season. This year, it would be, it should be, the Atlanta Braves playing at home to start the 2022 season, but it's not going to happen. Why? My My only thing that comes to my mind is it's the lack of creativity at the commissioner's office. Why is baseball so behind in so many aspects where it's becoming, I don't want to use the I word irrelevant because baseball is not irrelevant, but we're going down that path. And because we love that game, we love competition. We have to speak truth to power. What in the world is going on with baseball? Is baseball going the way of highlight? Highlight. What's that you're asking Dorian? Exactly. People don't watch highlight. It was supposed to be the great big thing. It was huge in South Florida, and now it's not. So maybe I'm being a little facetious about highlight and baseball, but it's disappointing that baseball is like, hey, we started, and we're just going to throw 25,000 games at you on the 31st of March, 2022, to start the the year. Everyone should be excited. It's a festival. It's a carnival. No, make it an an event. it It really, really bugs me. So... Before we start proposing changes to the Major League Baseball calendar, we have to know, which we probably already know, because, you know, here at HBP, we love giving breaking news. It was announced that spring training is postponed until the 5th of March. Spring training was supposed to start on Valentine's Day, the 14th of September, 14th of February. But because of the lockout, 
they're having, uh, they're negotiating all the labor and all the details, which if you really want to get into it, there are boatloads of articles online. There are tremendous podcasts you can find that go into detail. And I've listened to them. I enjoy them, but I'm not, I'm not going to enjoy regurgitating them. But let's, let's just say that uh, when it was announced that spring training was postponed from the 14th of February to the 5th of March, Major League Baseball released a statement saying, quote, we are committed to reaching an agreement that is fair to each side. On Monday, members of the owner's bargaining committee will join an in-person meeting with the Players Association and remain every day next week to negotiate and work hard towards starting the season on time, end quote. That's right. There's still hope that the season can start on the 31st of March. I'm going to have a drink. Highly unlikely. In response, the Major League Baseball Players Association basically said, liar, liar, pants on fire. Their response was, quote, Major League Baseball announced today that it, in quotation marks, must postpone the start of spring training games. This is false. Nothing requires a league to delay the start of spring training, much like nothing requires a league's decision to implement the lockout in the first place. Despite these decisions by the league, players remain committed to the negotiation process. So basically, people, there's been no progress on the collective bargaining agreement since the 2nd of December, I think it is, the 3rd of December. It's now two months to over two months. This reminds me of being at work, being on a project site, working for a client. If there's an assignment due and you're doing your agile, you're doing your scrum meetings or whatever, however it is that the, whatever the process is for you to finish delivering a product, whether it's a house, whether it's a report, anything at all, there are deadlines and there are progress points, check-in points. That's what usually these scrum meetings are for. Anyways, in this case, ladies and gentlemen, you and me, we are the client. We are the ones consuming the product, which is competitive baseball on the field that we can go watch. We go pay to enter, to enter the, the ballpark or we turn the TV on and watch it as we're wearing our favorite baseball hat from our favorite baseball team, etc. The owners and the players are missing the deadline. They've already missed one deadline. And missing deadlines creates pissed off clients. Excuse my French. You, you continuously miss deadlines to deliver the house you said you were going to build by June 2021. The, the document you're supposed to do by Thursday of last week. People get fired. In this case, the majority, the majority of the blame rests with the commissioner's office, Rob Manford, and the owners. They are not budging at all in the CBA, in the negotiations. Uh, again, we're not going to go into the details, but this is very frustrating. We are the clients, and they are royally messing with us, our time, and our interest in this game. So in that case, like I said, when you're in Miami, go watch college baseball. When you're in your own town, go watch college baseball. And there's always minor league baseball as well, but college baseball is, uh, is very pure. Anyways, so besides people being fired at work for missing deadlines, no baseball on the field, no product, Miss Cleo came to me from the great beyond and said, Dorian, we will miss at least one week of games and the season won't start until Friday, the 8th of April, 2022. So 
we shall see. We have, we're going to have to revisit this prediction if Miss Cleo is correct that we are going to miss probably five, six, seven games of baseball and be a week late because of the delays and the negotiation of the contracts, this, that, and the other. It's always about money. So you can always count on our show sponsor because they are always open and always ready to deliver. AMP Supermarket. We built the proud new feeling at AMP. AMP, the largest grocery store in the country. Regardless of the supply chain issues around the world, AMP Supermarket is there for you with fully stocked shelves filled with eggs to zucchinis. You can even buy postage stamps at AMP. AMP Supermarkets, we built the proud new feeling at AMP. Cheers to AMP Supermarket people, because if I hadn't gone to the local brewery here in Miami, I would have just gone to the local AMP Supermarket to buy myself delicious beer. So there, I love them. I have to go later today to stock up my fridge. So um, I advise you also check out our sponsor. But I'm going to tell you one thing that you're not ever going to find at AMP Supermarkets, and that's drugs, because they're bad. And this brings us to our next segment. She blinded me with science. And I'm going to talk about the joint drug program. Because of the lockout, like I keep mentioning over the past few episodes, there also is no testing for players for steroids because the collective bargaining agreement expired, of course, back in December. At the same time, so did the joint drug program. And I like to do a lot of questions here. I like There's a lot of questions going in my mind. I like to share questions with you. Have you ever done something to enhance your performance? I was thinking about when I was in college, I, I went to the gym. We would start, we would lift weights, et cetera, et cetera. And there was this one dude in there who was built like a freaking brick house. He, every time he would do, he would wait, he would do his exercises. He'd be yelling like, ah, ah. It sounded like some 1860s Civil War medicine camp that they were amputating you by just giving you a shot of bourbon. I mean, it was just yells and screams. And it's like, dude, I want to concentrate on my reps. I don't need to be hearing some dude being tortured because he's lifting, you know, he's bench pressing whatever, 300 pounds or whatever. Anyways, the point of my thing, the point of my little story here is homeboy was putting, uh, he was, he was pinching his butt cheeks with steroids. Everyone knew it. Sure enough, when you, when, you, when you use steroids, you have to cycle on and off of them. And so when he would cycle off of them, homeboy would be like, he would lose like, I don't even know, like probably 100 pounds of muscles. And he would just be this tall, kind of skinny dude. And then, of course, you know, months would pass by. He'd cycle back on it. And then, he, you know, you'd be back at the gym and you would be hearing as he as he's deadlifting all of uh, the college campus. So I don't think he was in, actu in actually any bodybuilding competition, but it just randomly reminded me of that. That's that you're still enhancing your physical performance because you want to look good, et cetera. Like if you run, what do you take? What could you take? What could these racers take to extend their endurance when you're running a marathon or whatever? I don't know. I love running, but I'm not using physical performance enhancing. <laughs> This is why I do this podcast, which is one of the best free products you consume. And I'm not 
getting paid to run, uh, getting paid by Under Armour, one of those shoe companies. And also this, and the, and this question about what we do to enhance physical performance reminds me of one of my favorite shows, the HB, HB, HBO show, Silicon Valley. In the final season, in season six, one of the characters, Gavin Belson, who is the CEO of this huge tech conglomerate called Hooli, which is basically based off of Google. It's, you have to check out Silicon Valley. It's so funny. He competes in a company-sponsored triathlon. Like it's like I forget what he call it. It's like Hooli Triathlon. Let's just call it. And so he cheats. He goes. He 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 starts running before the gun. Um, he ends up like getting in a car. He gives his watch and his all the his tracking device to some other jack dude who's like running and doing uh, bicycling for him. It's so hilarious. It's like such a cheater. And from what I understand, there's a lot of cheating in triathlon because it's you're doing you're swimming, you're biking, you're running, and maybe you have to write poetry book as well and somewhere in between. I don't know. So have you ever done it? Maybe I know I haven't. But I hope that the major league baseball players, just because they're not being tested, are not sticking needles in their butt cheeks because they can't get tested right now. So let's do things fair and square. And this drink is going down squarely nicely into my tummy. That last week I took is history. And so is this next segment, the Dewey Decimal System, AKA lost in history. History, 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 history. I wanna remember, and I want you to remember people, a baseball player by the name of David Green. David Green was an outfielder for the 1982 World Series champions. World Series champions. I like saying like that better. The St. Louis Cardinals. He passed away back on the 29th of January, 2022 in St. Louis, Missouri. He was 61 years old, which is actually really young. And nowadays with medicine and health and performance enhancing drugs, I'm joking. David was born in Bluefields, Nicaragua. Nicaragua is a country in Central America, and Bluefields is on the east coast of the country. It's a port town on the Caribbean Sea. As he was coming up, he was a, as, a, as a 17, 19-year-old kid, they were comparing this guy to Andre Dawson, and they all, someone else called him the next Roberto Clemente. These two dudes, Andre Dawson and Roberto Clemente, are Hall of Famers. David Green was a natural athlete. He was six feet, three inches weighing almost 200 pounds, or he was one meter 90 and weighed about 90 kilograms for you fancy people. He even represented Nicaragua at the 1977 Central American Games. And with like little training, he set the national record in the long jump of 23 feet, four and a quarter inches, or 7.12 meters for the long jump for you fancy people. This guy, Dobby Green, also played in the 1978 Central American and Caribbean Games with the Nicaraguan baseball team, and that team won the silver medal. The team that won the gold in the 1978 Central American Caribbean Games was Cuba. The St. Uh, St. Petersburg sports writer Shelby Strother described him this way, quote, he ran with the explosion of strength, long, powerful strides, muscled arms churning, veins in his neck bulging, teeth clenched. To see someone his size run so fast stuns the first-time observer, end quote. Pretty strong words. Very impressive. All right, Dorian, like you're building this dude up like the next 
Roberto Clemente, what happened? Exactly. What happened? Why didn't he become a baseball star of the 1980s? He had everything going for him, but he also had a lot of things not going for him. In 1981, his father passed away and that people believe that started his issues, his problems with alcohol. Also in the late eighties, excuse me, in the early eighties, there was a war going on in his native country of Nicaragua and he wasn't able to see his family. For those of you who want to know more about that, it's basically the Iran Contra scandal. Colonel North, Ronald Reagan, the Iranians, missiles. It was a big old mess. So that was the war that was going on in Nicaragua. And again, the early 80s, David Green is homesick. There are no cell phones in 1981. There's no text messages in 1981. There's no FaceTime in 1981. If you're lucky enough to get a telephone connection, you are a lucky man. And, you, and it was usually bad. In addition to this, he also had language issues. He spoke Spanish. And you know what? In 1981, Midwest America, St. Louis, not many people spoke Spanish. The team didn't have any Spanish interpreters. I think the St. Louis Cardinals had one player on that team that spoke Spanish. Can you imagine going to a foreign country, different weather, not speaking the language, and everyone telling you how what a physical, phenomenal freak you are and they can't wait for you to break out? And you probably can't even understand them, but uh, it's, it's sad. And remember, nowadays, baseball has grown and understood from that. Can you imagine all the wasted talent that Major League Baseball has had because they wouldn't make it easier for a Japanese player, a Spanish-speaking player to come to ply their talents and trades here in America, in America for their Major League Baseball game? Nowadays, every single team has interpreters. It's not easy, but it's make, they're making it easier for these young men to come from Latin America who only speak Spanish to integrate themselves in the city, the town, as well as the American culture. So who knows if David Green was born in, if he was a, a star, if he had been a young man in the, the, two, the early 2000s, shoot, we might, we, might be talking to, we might be talking about him as, a, as, a, as an MVP, as an all-star, whatever. Anyways, what else happened to this guy? Injury slowed him down, knees, shoulders, et cetera. He had a habit of butting heads with the managers. So all, in the end, yeah, he played for the St. Louis Cardinals. They won the World Series. He, had, he did, contributed some to that. He, he contributed something to that team. He also bounced around the league. He also played in Mexico and, and Japan. In 1986, he played, he played in Japan for the Kitensubo. I'm not even uh, attempt to pronounce this because this is why we have the HBP bullpen. In 1986, he played in Japan for, go ahead, bullpen. Kintetsu. You hear that? Kintetsu. Kintetsu. Kintetsu Buffaloes. I had to get the HBP bullpen to come in here to do that pronunciation because that sounds, I love the Japanese language. I speak no Japanese, but I love it. Anyways. In 2009, David said, quote, I know that I didn't reach the level it was believed I could attain. Now just the memory remains because life goes on. Even so, I don't feel bad. I left Nicaragua with the idea of playing in the big leagues and that they'd see me on television. And I achieved it. I have a World Series ring and winning it was the best thing that ever happened to me, end quote. So David Green, rest in peace in that big diamond in the sky, my friend. And it's a shame. And think about that. Think about whatever sport you like, what could have been. There was like some player coming in. It's like, oh man, this guy's going to take us places. And that 
it didn't work out for whatever. And Dobby Green is just another guy on a list like that. Whatever sport you like, there's always a player that breaks your heart. You're like, ah, if only, if only. Now, today's last segment, S&P double play, business and baseball. I want to give a shout out to the Iowa Cubs minor league team. They are the, the Iowa Cubs are the triple A affiliate of the Chicago Cubs. The owners of the team of the Iowa Cubs shared the, some of the profits of the team sale with the employees. That is incredible because you never hear that. You never hear that. You, if, when you're in tech, you think, oh, so-and-so, one of the founders, they sold and their, their options are worth $1.3 billion and this, that, and the other. But you don't really, and then some of the employees have some employees options, but actually that's starting to go away a lot in, in tech because they realize just how valuable some of those employee stocks uh, stock sharing programs. I know I'm not saying it correctly because I'm still drinking, but you understand what I'm saying. And at the end of the day, the employees who have worked there, in this case at the Iowa Cubs front office, they helped, they helped create value. It wasn't just the, play, the minor league players that went through, but it's also the people that were there for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. And the owners gave them something back to them because a lot of times in modern day business, you talk about not, uh, what is it? Maximizing shareholder profit. Now it's uh, maximizing, uh, what is it? Stakeholders profits or not stakeholder profits, maximizing stakeholders, what have you. So you don't actually have any equity in the club, in the, in the business, but you're supposed to, people who benefit from your company should also benefit from its sale, I guess. So All right, let's, get, let's get this thing back on track. Michael Gartner who's the principal owner of the Iowa Cubs, he gave a bonus to the 23 full-time employees of the Iowa Cubs back in December, 2021. Always breaking news here at HBP. And during a staff-wide gathering, during a staff-wide meeting, Michael Gartner Gartner was um, saying the usual, this is uh, with a heavy heart, uh, this has been wonderful, this, that, and the other. So the employees were randomly at the ballpark lounge watching him. Some people were watching on uh, Zoom. And then he basically took out a stack of envelopes and he said, quote, here are your new business cards, end quote. And people were like, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, why, why do we need new business cards if you're, you're selling a team, but we're still going to be working here at the Iowa Cubs? What actually what was in those envelopes? was a check to each one of them. And the way they did this was Michael Gartner and his other minority owners gave each employee $2,000 for every year that they worked with the Iowa Cubs. So if you worked at the Iowa Cubs for five years, five times two is 10. So you would have received a $10,000 bonus or thank you or sharing in the team's wealth. There was one employee, I think he was a groundskeeper, or I don't remember, someone who's been there for 20, let's say 20, 22 years. That person received a nice fat $40,000 departing gift or a business card as Michael Gardner would call it. So this is really heartwarming. It's something you never hear. 
you never hear. You know what? When Jeffrey Luria sold the Miami Marlins back in, what is it, five years ago, and he pocketed $1.2 billion, I didn't hear anything about him sharing it with anybody, not his executive assistant, not the assistant to the training manager, not the guy who, who washes all the dirty laundry, none of that stuff. So it tells you a little bit of the, uh, the character of uh, someone like Mark Michael Gartner and his minority employees, uh, the, the group that owned the Iowa Cubs. So Gartner ended up selling the Iowa Cubs to a, a, a company called Endeavor. And they're from California and they do sports entertainment and marketing company. And actually Endeavor, they are actually are going to end up owning about eight or 10 minor league baseball game, uh, baseball teams. And so this is, I guess, this is their baseball portfolio for Endeavor. But part of Endeavor's money went to Michael Gartner and part of that Michael Gartner money went back to the Iowa, Club, Iowa Cubs employees. So cheers to you. Not my friend, because I don't know you, sir, but cheers to you, Michael Gartner. He's 83 years old, former president of NBC News. At this point, you're like, dude, I may have 15 years tops on this earth. What, what am I going to do? Build myself a mausoleum? Man, cheers to, cheers to that. That's something I've never heard in baseball or in sports. So question time. Questions to the prime minister. What is the most thoughtful thing a company has done for you or you as a business owner or as a director, as a partner? What's the most thoughtful thing you've done for employees? I'm not talking about handing out bonuses because honestly, bonuses suck. You know why? Every year it's like, oh, the division, the division had knockout numbers. We exceeded our stretch goals for revenue but the firm didn't do so well. So uh, we, we can't really give out that, many, that much bonus. Or the flip side of that is it's always, you know, the, our department, we didn't do so hot. We didn't even meet our revenue goals, not the stretch goals, the, the normal revenue goals. Sorry, I'm, I'm opening up another 24th street. We didn't meet our, our revenue goals, but the firm came out like gangbusters. We made so much money. We haven't made, we haven't made this much money in a decade. But since the department didn't hit its goals, it would be bad to reward people who don't meet their expectations. It's, forget bonuses. So Michael Gartner, this isn't a bonus. It's like, look, you've been loyal. You've been productive. We wouldn't have kept an employee on for 5, 7, 10, 20 years if they weren't actually adding value. And they rewarded them by saying, look, we're going to make money. And so are you. So cheers to Michael Gartner, the Iowa Cubs, and this beer that I'm about to drink again. With that being said, I also want to say thank you to new listeners. We do this all the time, but don't worry. We aren't tracking you. We don't know who you are. All we know is where a new listener pops up. We don't know your name, your gender, he, she, they, them, there. But thank you, new listener from Mobile, Alabama. Thank you, St. Petersburg, Florida. Thank you, Kibi Skane, Florida. I love it. This is a very Florida-heavy podcast. I love that. And I think the last one was as well. So with all of that, thanks for listening to the podcast. Here at HBP, we talk about baseball, drinks, the Coconut Grove Arts Festival, and everything else under the sun. Subscribe to the podcast and give us a review. If not, just listen, laugh, and drink with me. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. My drink is going to be in the, in the episode description. You know what? Let's do this again next week. 
Cheers. Cheers.